is number one? Who is number one? I just say, innit? Information. Who are you? Yeah. And I mean, since I I actually didn't even uh, didn't even notify the listener about you not being around last time, Eric. Mm. Let's um, reconquer the the, the, the the calm spirit of you. Interesting. You mean the next the time? Yeah. yeah, right. That's true. Next week. Good, Henrik, on on uh, avoiding contingency errors yeah. as yeah. we people scramble like, up the episode people order. Would, people wouldn't stand for that if it was. Yeah, well, in editing, I can make it n- almost make sense. But anyway, where are, where are we, Eric, and what are we going to do, and who's going to be involved? <coughs> All that information will come yes. in a second. Aiden, A to Z, in it. So do I do it like a, like a regular hello and the thing? Yeah, they right. might have heard this before. Here, here it is one more time. Hello and welcome to Maiden A to Z. My name is Eric. And sitting before me in the same room is Jonathan. I'm here. And sitting next to me is a very impressive man, Matthias. Hello. And you sitting... like canned clapping or laughter for yeah, the impressive? Like, yes. I, can, I can do the can. <laughs> and sitting on my other side is a man also very impressive, but not easily impressed. True. Henry very hard to impress. And we are here. <laughs> a in very the... critical man. Are you? No. Somewhat no, critical. critically a man. Critically a man. No, I don't know. Okay, there we go. <laughs> the uh... well, either way. Perfect. Uh, we're here in a, we're here in a in a in a bunker in Orsta. One of my favorite locations to to podcast. It's a very nice place. We've done some. By now, good... it's like a dozen episodes here. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. It's, it's very nice here. We each have a, a little bit of a beverages. That's yeah, a delightful, delightful uh, September evening, Stockholm. Right. This is my favorite time of year. It's all the weather's perfect, and it's anyway. Yeah, I wanted to lift that, but I wanted to wait for you because okay. I knew that you would be perhaps the one. <laughs> Thank you, Henry. <laughs> very critical man, very very observant. Uh, I wanted to ask. I wanted to wait for maybe for. If you look beside you, there's there's paper. There's... Yeah, the it ain't that that me- it ain't that messy, but okay. <laughs> Okay, then. <laughs> All right, well, sorry. Oh, keeping sorry. things proper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I already wrote in, in Maiden A to Z, Friends of the Beast yeah. on Facebook. Yes. I like to mention it because it's ever-growing. It is good. I, mean, I see people yeah. jumping all the time. Yeah. It's, it's a great feeling. It's also fun that it's sort of, it's grown in the sort of, just in the same sort of way that the pod has grown on its own. We haven't really done that much promotion, really. Slow and steady. Yes. Wins the race. Indeed. And um, what was I going to say about that? The group. Oh, yeah. Uh, No, this has nothing to do with that, I guess. But you're here. I'm here. And you like fall. Okay, yeah, I mentioned in the group that you and me, we really like fall. Yeah, yeah. I used to be a big big summer buff, as uh, someone in the maiden crew would say. (laughs) A summer buff. But I'm... uh, Is that even a thing? uh, Fencing buff. (laughs) I think it's Doug Hall saying that that Bruce was a major fencing buff. But people would say, like, people like, you you could be a film buff. Yeah, Doug Hall is American, so... 
Uh, but a summer buff is that a? <laughs> it sounds you're, weird, you're especially very, for like me, fourteen-year-old. <laughs> summer mean, I, buff. I also very much enjoy the summer, but I guess this year we haven't really had that. Wasn't really that good a summer. Uh, was August was weird, which is a favorite. Yeah. But anyway, here we go. I've become a fall fan. Yeah, it's fall. It's it a favorite season for me and Eric. Yeah. It's nice. And le- in the last episode, I confused Henrik by saying, or actually next week's episode. Continue in a second. <laughs> I confused Henrik. In the last episode, you confused Henrik by saying it's next week's episode. <laughs> this is really yeah, strange. Exactly. No, 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 that's what I'm doing now. That's how I'm confusing you now. That's how I'm confusing you now. But next week, I will confuse you by saying Prodigal Sun is a bit of a early fall tune. Oh, yeah. I, and, I, 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 get, I get what you mean there. And I didn't want to put it that deeply that you got stuck in that. But you did. But I did. For a bit, yeah. And I don't know if you came to a conclusion. And we're also not talking about I haven't that come to week. yet. So. Okay. No. And we actually, to be fair, we haven't talked about We haven't talked. That's not even a word. Or not even in the future. We, we, we haven't spoken about the song yet. No. no. As far as they're concerned. And <laughs> The Prisoner. This week's episode, that's yes. for sure. Yeah. Yes. Is, why, don't, uh, why, don't we, why don't we get into the mood we, by hearing the intro? We, we did, uh, we did um, also words a while back. And I called it the hit of the summer for me. And actually, uh, The Prisoner is my summer hit this year. I can, I can, I can. I get it's it. my hit of the summer, and already before it was included in the set list, mm. it was kind of becoming that because we have been planning this episode for a long time. We, we have a, there's a guy who's uh, who we have not introduced yet who is going to uh, set the mood by uh, Michael. Michael, yes. We want information, information, information. Ooh, I like that they have who this soundscape in the background. The new number yeah, two. Who is number one? You are number six. It's I am not a number. I am a free man. <laughs> Drum intro is a separate thing to discuss. Can I have a, um, yes, of course. So first off, I want to ask you, Jens. Yes. Did you, when you first heard this song, understand it was two different people talking? No. It was so confusing. Oh. I uh, frankly found that out now. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great question, but I think I did actually because I had this thing about radio theater that I liked, and I think I identified it as two. But I always felt, and I think this is true. You, you, you will either confirm or deny this that it's a bit cut, right? There I must think, be some cut in between. I think this is. There must be one episode this is lifted from. If they sort of shorten things, I don't know. But I think they cut it in the middle. But that's just what I always felt since the very first time I heard, heard it. Matthias knows this. Jag skickade ju faktiskt den oklippta varianten. Den ligger i tåden. Ja. Så den kan man ju lyssna på. Oklippt. För det i alla... Men det kommer till. So now he's confirming it. But he's not confirming it in English to give me the proper credit. But apparently it is cut. Because I always felt that since the first time I heard it, like, it must be a cut here in the middle. Because there's a contingency error. Very appropriate here. By hook or by crook. There's something there. Just like before. You are number six. That doesn't make sense dramatically. So, to me as a teen. Because what am I? Or who are you? Yeah, because it's then. like you are number two, or and then it's yeah. just suddenly you are number six. Mm. Clearly a cut, right? Yeah. I never checked this. The, the the version from the TV series is much longer. Should we play it back? We can have a listen to it. Then we have to search for stuff. Yeah. So talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, so, uh, so in this very episode, what we're hearing is Patrick McGowan, who is number six. Who is number six? And we're listen, listening to the actor. Uh, whose name is Eric Portman. He's number two. Okay. And they are in the village. The village? Back in the village? Not yet. Not yet. But, but the same village, Port Marion, non-disclosed in the undisclosed. Undisclosed. In the yeah. Yeah. 
So the intro for the every TV episode uh-huh. in this uh, TV series was very uh, a bit long. I think we <laughs> could, in all fairness, say yeah. by today's standard. But at the same time, very, very, it sets the mood. It I, sets the scene so perfectly. I'm, I'm a big fan of um, uh, proper intros that actually. I don't, I don't oh, care. Yeah, it takes me a too. Bit. I like them. I mean, I've had yeah. conflicts with friends saying like, I always skip the intro, the vignette. You know, yeah. the the uh, what is that in English? Vignette the, or. Theme song, intro song, intro. Yeah, theme. well, yeah. credit, pre-credit roll, sure. whatever. Yeah. And I never skip that. I always consider like, if you're gonna watch this for half an hour, or an hour, whatever long it may be, why don't you give the intro forty-five seconds to just yeah. get in the mood? But all my friends always use the skip function. I think like the X Files, like for that, just that one is one of the first ones I remember really. Incredibly yeah. nice intro. Yeah, but I think but half the half the vibe wouldn't be there if you didn't have the. But the intro for the prison of the for the series is very long because it always has this. It doesn't play back the entire thing of him getting abducted into the village and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. What okay. w- what you see first in the intro is uh, him turning in his papers and saying, "I'm leaving." Yeah, you can't actually hear any conversation, but it's very much. It's very clear that he goes into this office, the prisoner the number six, it, yeah. Patrick hey, McGowan. Hey, hey, let's get back to basics. It's a sci-fi. No, it's nope. not sci-fi. Okay. So but, it's weird. but it's weird. Is it a drama? Yeah. No, possibly. I would say it's a drama. A drama series. Not sci-fi. But weird. But I mean, they, they have th- like themes. Now we're getting off topic I mean, a bit here. people that listen like me don't really know The Prisoner. What no. is it? It's, yeah, we know a, it's a series. We know Patrick yeah, McGowan's It's a voice. fair question. What yeah, is, I, I think mean, it's good to actually define what it is. The background was that before The Prisoner, there was a, a series called Danger Man, which also featured uh, Patrick McGowan. And Patrick McGowan was this big TV star, at least in the UK. Uh, and uh, eventually he just grew tired of the show and wanted to make another show, The Prisoner. Okay, so, so the he, actor... Is growing, growing tired of it. Yeah, not exactly. the creator, not pa- the director, not nope. the showrunner. The actual actor is like, I want to make a new series. Yeah, exactly. And okay. he had the uh, he had the the basic ideas for the TV series, The Prisoner. So he had like, how about if this guy who don't want to be uh, an agent anymore and a danger man was in that series, he was uh, an agent. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not that far fetched to say that the prisoner is the what happens after Danger so Man? It's a spin-off. It's a yeah, sort of spin-off. Yeah. Continuation. Yeah. yeah. Like, should I read the uh, IMDb Sequel? description of? Yeah, is, go for it. Yeah, is it is it very descriptive? <laughs> so after he resigns, a secret agent is abducted and taken to what looks like an idyllic village, but it is really a bizarre prison. His warders demand information. He gives them nothing. He only tries to escape. Information. Mm-hmm. Pretty exactly. Good, pretty good. Uh, so, so what happens in pretty much every episode is that he's trying to escape the village. And the village, we say, is just called the village. Yeah. It's but known, it's obviously some kind of prison. Or, it is a prison, yeah. yeah. And it's also... Uh, who is number one? The prisoner, number six, Patrick McGoon, tries to find out who is running the village, mm. who mm. is behind this. Quite intriguing. Because, I mean, I like it. it's, it's, it's in the 60s. It's the Cold War. Uh, there are themes like mind control and they're using drugs mm. and mm. various techniques to get him to get them information. Yeah. Information. Information. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's uh, the village is a place filled with agents, double agents, triple agents, 
and he doesn't really know these people no. uh, at all. I think in one of the episodes, he kind of knows one who is a in one temporary episode, guest. Yeah, but he recognizes, is it a former colleague or something like that? Something he recognizes like that. someone, yeah. yeah. But it's all very confusing, and mm-hmm. it's in a way, it's very modern, but at the same time, it's very rooted in the Cold War with the whole like the paranoia. paranoia and yeah. wow. Would you dare say it's confusing to a David Lynch point? Super confusing, or is it just mildly confusing? I actually thought it was something else because I, I'm a, I grew up with Twin Peaks and David Lynch and stuff yeah. like that, and I think that this one offered. I wasn't expecting this when I when okay. I saw when I watched the f- first few episodes. I thought it was unique in that sense, but I haven't con- consumed a lot of television series. Are you also a fan in of general. Twin Peaks? At least the first six episodes. I'm a huge fan of Twin Peaks. Right, all yeah, episodes. I was, I yeah. guess, I mean, I'm younger than you, but I was still raised with it because it was aired and broadcasted. Yeah, mm. in ZTV. Yep. Uh, when I was a kid, and I, I was really getting into it, mm. ever so slightly scared, but just in a good way. Yeah. yeah I mean, we. Yeah. I mean, I. Uh, and those dream sequences stayed with me for a long time. It's really cool with the checkered floor. Yeah. And the dwarf and the backwards speaking and everything. It's the red yeah drapes. stuff that made mm. my imagination well, I mean, they're, what they're, it is. Not to spoil anything, but they're they're not just dream sequences. Well, <gasps> that's for you to find out. Mm. I know already. But you tell me again, later. I, I, <laughs> I forgot it. <laughs> Concluding what the what the t- series is about, uh, I won't d- give you any spoilers, but I mean, he is there. He is put in this prison, and they try to retrieve information from him. And uh, as it goes along, uh, in the end, there is a huge plot twist. Ooh. Yeah, but I won't say anything. You have to watch all... Th- 17 episodes it's not too much actually that's enough that's 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 doable i thought that's i, doable. I, I mm-hmm. thought it'd be like a like a sort of doctor who situation where you have like <laughs> oh like, no like it's an infinite amount of episodes. early early um, plot twist it wasn't that common those years was it i don't think so to install that type of plot twist i think I feel like the 90s that's when the plot twist peaked i, I don't and i don't think the that usual suspects that kind that of thing using the narrative in this way wasn't even common back in the 60s i mean having that that he's he's trying to escape and he seems to be succeeding every time, but all the time there's and there's a twist to that as well. So <sighs> I mean, I kind of like. Cool. I mean, there is some, the only thing I think about this is very different, obviously, very different sort of sort of show. But there was that show Gilligan's Island, where they were stranded on an island and it looked like they were going to get off every island because uh, they're stranded on a desert island. They're a group of people and they they don't want to be there. Essentially, they want to get home, and uh, and then essentially after at the end towards it seems like in every episode they're going to they might get away and then they do not. Wow, it's uh, a bit of frustration connected to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's meant to be as like a comedy, but it's probably be like a incredibly harrowing experience if you actually went there. <laughs> probably, yes. <laughs> it's not yeah. a good, lighthearted film. Yeah. Well, that's but cool. I mean, the '60s, but you, 60s, you, this. yeah, it's just it, to yeah, it place was, my uh, mind in the right century. 60s. It was uh, broadcast. Uh, the first episode ran in uh, uh, September '67. Okay, and uh, I think if you, you asked about if it's a bit Lynchian. And I think the, the perhaps the most Lynchian aspect of it is that the people around him in this village is all they are all very happy, yeah, uh, yeah. and sort of at peace with being incarcerated. Mm. And in while turn, number as a six, viewer, you're not at peace with them <laughs> being so at peace. No, I no, guess no. Yeah. It's it's quite disturbing in that right, sense. Yeah, right, right. That it's just uh, it's really weird. And and this village has its own sort of democracy thing going on. 
and they all have numbers instead yeah. of names. Uh, but uh, I think I highly recommend it. I think yeah. it's really, really good. Cool. To uh, sort of conclude the background information about the TV series is that he uh, wrote some of the episodes. He had like a, a prisoner Bible sort of book about what to do and what not to do for, for the pr- production. And he, he is Patrick. Patrick McGowan himself. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he, and he did so many things. He directed a few episodes. He wrote a few episodes. He was the, the, the star of the show. So they used pseudonyms. <laughs> so mm. some show says that it's Patty Fitz doing mm. the directing. Fitzgerald. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. But it was him. Like but, but it was him. Every yeah, exactly. song for uh, The Hives. Because they thought it looked bad that he was doing everything. Right. <laughs> but this also explains something I didn't even have to ask. Because I've always been wondering, why did they call the actor to ask... To clear the sample. Yeah, exactly. And this kind of explains that. Obviously, we want it to be really sort of dramatic with uh, the intro. So we thought, well, maybe we can snip the intro tape off the Prisoner TV series. It was quite funny because um, we had to get permission from uh, Patrick McGowan um, for the intro of Prisoner. um, Because we we didn't realise at the time that he actually owned the rights to, to it all. So um, Rod, our manager, had to actually get on to him and personally and they had to find him in Malibu or somewhere, wherever he was, I don't know. Now, Rod Smallwood, you see, is probably, well, I wouldn't call him a man who is easily intimidated by anybody, but I've never heard him so nervous in all my life as when he had to phone up Patrick McGowan. So I managed to get his number and rang him up and it's explained, you know, what the what we wanted to do, who Iron Maiden were, because he wouldn't know who we were. Anyway, he calls him up, gets, quotes the line, gets it completely wrong. He's like, well, oh, Rod Small there from Iron Maiden, and we want to do a song, I'm, I'm not a number, I'm a prisoner, I'm a, I'm a free man, I'm a, um, and, uh, something like that, and, 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 and I'm like going, no, 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 he's going to tell you to piss off in a minute, you've got the words all wrong, he's going to freak out. So I was terrified, all the band were in the office, I'm going, shall we talk to Patrick McGowan, you know? And then, uh, he, after I explained it, there's a, the, the, the pregnant pause for about five seconds. And then he said, do it. Do it. And it was just, oh, thank you very much. That was it. Top man. Which is very, if people know McGowan, I mean, that's very, very Patrick McGowan. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know? And then we just said to Rob, well, you know, why were you so nervous? And he said, well, he's a real superstar, not like you arseholes. <laughs> if I wanted to clear a sample for Breaking Bad, not that I would clear it, I would just put it in the show and hope for the best. But if, <laughs> if I was to clear it, I would not call Cranston I think, I think asking then, for it. I, th- I would call no. Vince Gilligan or well, someone else, but, even higher up in the network. Uh, so it stood out to me that they called the actor. But it's now explained. Well, I think there's certain cases where that, that, is, that is correct. But like, for instance, if you wanted to do, let's say you wanted to include a sample from Back to the Future. You wouldn't call Roger. You could, you could call Robert Zemeckis, but you'd also have to call Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox because they also own a part of the franchise. You, if you want to play in Ghostbusters, you, sh- you have to call Ivan Reitman, but you also have to call Ernie Hudson, Dan Aykroyd, and Bill Murray. They're Clearly, also... I would have to call you. Well, yeah, I can call you if you, if you <laughs> want to do know. that. Who are you going to call? But who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? <laughs> Eric Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so that's, uh, it depends. I think it very much depends on what. It, I think a lot of times, like it'll be like. Um, when a, a studio doesn't have a hell of a lot of like, or, like usually older stuff and the stuff they maybe are not entirely sure on, they're like, "Yeah, fine, you, you, can, you can own it. That's fine. It can be your little project." And then they realize later, "Oh fuck, we probably should have gotten 
Do you think you could have done 200 episodes as a Ghostbusters A to C? Is that, uh, would that not be possible? Not A to Z, maybe I could definitely do 200 episodes, sure. 200 episodes I'll on Ghostbusters. A <laughs> I can probably figure out stuff doing 200 episodes. All right. Uh, that's I cool. mean, there's, I follow Ghostbusters podcast that just, just deals with Ghostbusters memorabilia. Several of them, I guess. Yeah, not, well, not at the moment, just one, but that okay. one does just does, they discuss memorabilia. Oh, okay. And they're, they've been going on for longer than we have, so I don't know. Uh, super that. nerdy, yeah. Yeah, it's very nerdy. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, anyway, they call Patrick McGowan. This has probably been mentioned on the show because it's very common made in trivia. They call him to clear the sample. And he says... Go for it. Okay. After a do long it. pause, right? Oh, do it. Mm. That's correct. Do mm. it, which is even better, actually. I had a name for a band once, an improvisational band. We called it Do It. Mm. It's a striking set of two short words. Yeah. Yeah. So he said, do it. And they did it. Mm. And uh, I think it adds to it. What do you guys think? I like this sample. Ever since I heard it the first time, I think it adds a vibe to the song, which not, doesn't necessarily go with the song's vibe. But it's the first thing I heard that I later learned was Iron Maiden. So it's in, to me, it's always oh, the very first made very first thing recorded I heard. Maiden you heard, yeah, was pa- recorded Patrick McGowan. <laughs> <the intro, laughs> <Patrick Yeah. laughs> it was the yeah. intro to the prisoner, and then the drums kicking in. And I remember we connected him deeper into Maiden. Um, this oh. only thing, one thing I remember is that he plays the the evil king in uh, Braveheart. Braveheart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This him too. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. came up uh, as I watched that before recording the Clansman quite a while back. This this doesn't have anything to do with me. I, I just saw now that he apparently was approached to play Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. He said no. Okay. He did not say do it. <laughs> he <laughs> doesn't say I'll do it. I won't do it. Mm. Okay, and yeah. he was also the prison boss. What's the name in English? Warden. Warden. The warden. Exactly. That's your in, job, uh, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I speak uh, Swedish in you my... work as a Swedish warden. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, for uh, Escape from Alcatraz, the Clint Eastwood Oh, yeah, that's film. Okay. Yeah. And I think there may have been and another East- connection as well. Clint Eastwood hasn't shown up on the podcast yet, but he will. He, okay, not meaning he's going to be guest on the podcast. I want to make that very clear. But he'll be mentioned later, I'm Actually, sure. I had a dream last night that we got Nicolas Cage on Made Need to See. I don't know what he'd talk about. <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> it was really weird because I was like telling Eric before... Don't freak out now. It's just Nicolas Cage. Let's yeah. just chill and talk hard rock with him. Which song? Uh, no, it was just general hard rock discussion with, with Nicolas who, Cage. Who, who wouldn't listen to that? I mean, that'd be uh, great. Yeah, I, I felt like this is going to be our thing. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, uh, we uh, got Nick on. Well, how, yeah. That, <laughs> Let's try it. Let's try it for fun. Chelsea, for fun. Uh, Reach uh, out to his people. It's not going to happen, but uh, yeah. we will at least have tried it. I, I mean, I tried reaching out to, this is not the same thing, but I've tried reaching out to Brian Pussain and Bill Bailey. I've not gotten any response either. Too big for our measly... Nerdy yeah. podcast. Oh, yeah. Bill Bailey would love it if it would get through to him, but there's a wall of gatekeepers and agents to get there. Yeah. So. Gatekeepers and agents. I yeah, guess but, the same with Nick Cage then. But yeah, yeah. also I think that for, for depending on his mood, because for Bill Bailey, I, it's very clear. Like, well, it makes sense why they, we don't have him on. He, he's a big metal fan. Mm. He's he's you know whatnot, and I, I, he's mentioned a Maiden in his shows. He played some Maiden in his shows. Yeah. I'm sure if, if it got to Nick Cage, they're sort of like, well, why do they want me on there? Like, well, we can't really, we don't have an answer for that. He's a confirmed fan, and he likes to talk about it. Also, he was influenced in his over-the-top acting by Kabuki acting. Oh. And the Kabuki mask, uh, that was an initial influence for the initial Eddie. That's true, that's true. So there's some stuff there. there. I guess, you I know, mean, we, it we, would be great, but it's not going to happen. We basically. could make it work if it we're happened. Not, we're not forcing things in any way. <laughs> you know, no, he's not, he doesn't no, have to do it's it. It's not going to happen. Maybe if someone could come on and play him. <laughs> but, but there's there's <laughs> tons, of, there's tons of people like, like I mean, for him, that, that's, I mean, like, um, I love Dan Aykroyd. If he wanted to be on, I guess we'd figure it out, but I don't know what we'd talk about because in Maiden related because he hasn't. <sighs> that would solve itself. It's just not going to happen. That's the sad yeah, part. Yeah, that's, that's the easiest way of just yeah. 
Oh, I'm a surprise. He's here. <laughs> but we were talking about the intro being cut from the original yeah, version. Yeah, and I don't know what so, intro you were looking for. So let's listen to that. I don't know what intro you were looking for. I think it's in the chat. We'll edit it here. Chat we'll edit it here. Are you doing a proper telephone or are you going Apple, Eric? Uh, I, I, what? There's no, uh, I, if you I, have I, a slab. I, I, I don't have, have a slab. You don't have a slab. Jag tar upp den i tåden. My initial feeling was uh, kind of right and wrong because I thought the cut was where actually was no cut. It just was like that, mm. but there was a cut. Okay. Uh, and there was quite a bit of a cut there. Mm. Uh, made more sense, but still not that much sense no. in this form. What would it, you say? it makes more sense when you see the actual footage because yeah. then you see it's different people and stuff like that. I, I, I would say, after, having just seen the footage, mm. there you're not wrong, Jonathan was not wrong in... There is a bit of a futuristic kind of sci-fi element to it. There's maybe it's not a sci-fi series per se, but there were mm. these huge. There's bits that you know that's not what places look. Yeah, like. but it's it's the eighties. No, no, the sixties thing where sixties futuristic. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Thing. It's but yeah. hyper modern. Yeah. yeah. I mean, every every decade has its futuristic. Yeah. Like, like the fifties futuristic, the sixties futuristic, seventies yeah. eighties. So it's all the. Uh, yeah, but you're so but you you could you could sort of I mean I I don't know what's ca- categorized on IMDb, but. I wouldn't be surprised if sci-fi was among them. Sci-fi drama, perhaps? Mm. Buskis. <laughs> Buskis, as they say in English. Um, There's no proper English word for that, I don't think. No. I don't know. Carry on movie. But I mean... Uh, yeah, it's a drama mystery sci-fi story. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Oh, sorry. Uh, dr- uh, I, uh, that, uh, yes. <laughs> the lords of information have spoken. Yeah, drama mystery sci-fi is what it's categorized right. in IMDb. I mean, uh, Cypher was the third one in, so... I mean, they're using technology that isn't in the 60s. Or yeah. even now. Mm. Or even now, yeah. Perhaps. But it's also mean, very common for the, the as we before mentioned, uh, Buskis. Very, to use a yeah. lot of technology. Yeah, you know. mm. yeah. <laughs> very technology. That's very so, funny for like a few people. So throughout the series, there is a new number two for pretty much every episode. There is one uh, number two where it returns. Because they fail in their mission to extract the information exactly. from number six. Mm. It's interesting with the numbers because a recent show that has been mentioned because of its metal connections is Stranger Things. And they, it's also called War Era. Yep, yep, yep. And they also have numbers for these, yeah. uh, these, uh, what you could call them, these kids that are yeah, yeah, yeah. prospects to become uh, bioweapons, I think. Pretty much, yeah. 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 Which in turn I've noticed is a lot of it's stolen from Akira, the anime. They probably, yeah. They Super were. close to yeah. that. But that's not what we're here. Yeah. But it, it ties to that, the whole thing. And I think that's something that I initially noticed as a 12, 13-year-old, that I think that you are number six. That adds mm. some kind of vibe. 
yeah. uh, that kind of totalitarian vibe maybe or mm. Cold War vibe. Uh, it's a cool way to start a song. And I mean, again, I would say it doesn't really spill over into the actual music whatsoever. Mm. But it's a nice setup. No, nevertheless, it's a nice part of the album, let's say. Yeah. This spoken word bit. Yeah. Do it. Because in all fairness, I mean, the very lyrics themselves isn't that heavily rooted in the Prisoner TV series at exactly. all. They, they are more generally about someone who doesn't want to be controlled. Yeah. About freedom, someone yeah. who wants to be free. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, Back in the Village is heavily... That's a, that's a lot more. Or I see sixes all the way. Exactly. Yeah. And there are direct quotes from uh, dialogue and from signs uh, uh, in the village and so on. Yeah. Which is, uh, Questions are a burden and answers are a prison to, to oneself. oneself. Exactly. Uh, Henrik, is this a song with lyrics by Bruce Dickinson? Yes. I think it is, right? Mm. He did play it on his solo. Yes, yes, yes. not credited we know why we've said why but yeah we'll say it again contractual obligations to samsung exactly he was mm-hmm. under a shitty contract and couldn't write stuff for i don't it must have been for a set time period or something yes. like that. Yeah. Yeah, and, he, and he, correct me if i'm wrong here but in the 12 ways to gs video where they talk about this mm-hmm. doesn't rod say that Bruce and Adrian had this song, The Prisoner, I think where he tells the story about think, him calling. I think Rod room. actually does that, and I think he, he misspoke. He, yeah, he he spoke too much. Spoke out of contract. Yeah. <laughs> my life is my own. Well, here I am in the village, and when I was a kid, 
I used to watch this series, The Prisoner, and I wondered what on earth it was trying to say. Because when I was a kid, I didn't feel as if I really had anywhere that I belonged. So when the prisoner turns round and says, I'm not a number, I'm a free man, I want that to be me. Be seeing you. Okay. Prisoner started off track in a rehearsal room in Hackney and the drummer wasn't there, he was around having a cup of tea. So being a frustrated drummer my whole life, I started like bashing out this pretty dead simple drum beat at the beginning. And then I think it was um, uh, Adrian started like playing this riff and then Harry came in and went, wow, what a great riff. And then we, we just start. Clive's drum beat in it is a real like swing time drum beat. It's not like the bog standard he heavy metal drum beat. Mm. Let's put that back in the track. Oh, everyone got a chance to just give their expressions and they're all really to, to the whole thing. Obviously, we want it to be really sort of dramatic. Because that's, that's basically it, I think. I've been trying to think, what is Steve in this song? And I'm not sure about it because there we have it again. Creative bass playing, weird chords. And like next week, a lot of major song as well we have a chorus in major yes. which is major flavor yeah if you enjoy nylon maiden you can get all the albums at thomasweiss.com i also think the tempo is a bit weird for a maiden song i'm trying to come up with another one and and the other one that's close in my mind. Murders. I think it's slower, isn't it? it well, well, if you're going to be talking BPM, maybe, maybe I'm out of my depth yeah, here. But, no, yeah. but I, was, I was going to say that Flash of the Blade has sort of kind of the same drive, and it's a Bruce song. So yeah. if there's something there, but I might be, this might be totally off the mark. I don't know. In the, in the um, we haven't gotten that bit yet, but I'm thinking in the... Um... Uh, like a, a few years ago, they, this sort of uh, documentary came out of this thing where they were discussing the number of the beast, and you had uh, they were essentially uh, you had Martin Birch there, and you had a few other people. Yeah, the, class, the classic 2000, album, two thousand one, I think it was yeah, confirmed on, exactly. on um, Made Me to See Friends of the Beast on Facebook. There you go, very good. It was confirmed by Henning Renevik in in Norway, I believe, hmm? that it was in, from two thousand one because hmm. in accordance to the Martin Birch Summer Special, uh, it was a discussion like <laughs> was that the least the last thing you saw of of Martin Birch? Yeah, perhaps it was. Mm. Even though he did a, die in 20. Yeah, but that probably that maybe the last public thing he kind of... Yeah, fishing. and looks but, very but, distinguished there, right? With his um, yeah. slipover, his, his, his pullover and his yeah. shirt. I wanted a, a certain atmosphere to be set up. I read that they were going to go into the studio and make an album. And I was a bit peeved because I thought, well, I wonder why they hadn't asked me because I was interested in doing it. I mean, Martin at the time was a pretty renowned producer from Purple Sabbath, many other things. I mean, Martin would have produced the first album, really, if we'd have known that uh, 
he was available. We didn't approach him because we thought he was unapproachable, you know, at that point, you know. We thought he was this big star producer and uh, he wouldn't be interested in a small band like us. Oh, right. So there was, he wanted me to do the album and I wanted to do the album, but we never actually got together. They'd worked with Martin Birch, the producer on Killers, and I think it was an introduction for both of them. And by the time we did Beast, um, that was it really. He'd become our sort of full-time producer and we didn't really think about using anyone else and we used him for quite a few albums, basically, till he retired. There was a certain excitement on Number of the Beast because we all felt... Uh, me especially, that there was something special about that album. Uh, just the way it was coming together, the songs, the uh, the addition of Bruce, um, the extra scope that we had to work with. Um, there was a certain feeling on that album that it was something special. Basically, by the time we come to do the um, first couple of albums, um, we used all the material from that period, really, and some we'd written in that time. So the time we come to do Number of the Beast, we had no material left. It was a fresh start writing-wise, and um, it was a different battery of songwriters. You know, you take a rough idea in. That's a great thing about being in a band, and it, and it uh, from your sort of a seed of an idea, it becomes this this, this big sounding track. You know, that's that's one of the the thrills for me of doing it. You know and actually get in the studio and record it properly. Then, of course, there was always the omnipresent He, he said the drummer was out getting a cup of tea, and like, yeah, that's right, I'm sure that's what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. So, I think the thing is, Bruce sat down behind the kit and started playing a groove, and I don't know if Adrian just made things up on the spot, or if that suited an idea he had had from before, but he started playing this riff. Yeah. Very nice then, groove. Yeah, and then Steve came in and said, oh, that's a great thing, blah, blah, what's that, you know, and then it's one of those it's sort clear of... clear memories for me, first time listening to this countryside, I'm there, I'm listening, and I, I'm loving this group for some reason. Mm. I can't really explain why it's so long ago, and I wasn't as focused on drums then. But it's something that really like hooked me up, I, th I guess, with the tempo or with the feel yeah. of it. And uh, to this day, I still love it. I th think it might be the best part of the song, a song I actually like in general. But I think the drum intro is really right where it should be, I, somehow. I like it. I think it's very appropriate, and it also sets the sort of... Yeah. I mean, if it would have been a modern Maiden song, the intro would only have been at the in at the beginning and then possibly returned at the end. But here they make use of it going into the guitar solo and the guitar solo background, which is true, really good. In a different yeah. fashion, we'll get to it. Yeah. But is it, um, to get uh, rhythmically technical, is it a swing there or is it straight? I'd say it's straight. I'd say it's straight. It's just, it's yeah. just 16. Because it still yeah. has a swingy vibe with that but it's not swing, I'm sure. Yeah, but it's not, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not uh, triplets or anything. It's no. Just, no, no. It's... And it's never been performed as well by Nico, in my opinion. It doesn't really get the right... I 
I don't even think Clive did it as well in the live versions. Okay. But so on the way over here, I listened to Made in England and I listened to um, Beast of Hammersmith. Yeah. And uh, I felt like Beast of Hammersmith was much, was much warm. Yeah. Beast of Hammersmith. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I felt like Beast of Hammersmith was much, was much more on point yeah. in how I wanted it. But mm. I wasn't listening that carefully. I was also minding traffic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think Clive is a lot more, because he's the one I've came to associate it with hearing the studio album a lot more. Until I got the Made in England video, because then I listened to it a lot there. I and, think I talked about just, with the Brink brothers, because they did play it this summer, right? which I also talked with you about, how this was a surprise in It in was the, a total surprise in the set. Yeah. Definitely. And we yeah. talked about it. Did, did actually Nico ever really nail the right vibe for the drum intro? And we were like, nah, maybe think, not really. I think Nico is so professional and confident that he does his own thing. And it, yes. it works, but it's not the same. I mean, the same thing, Running Free, he plays a totally different drum pattern than Clyde Burr does. But... Yeah. That's be that's become running free of with Nick McBrain. So, but in another context, you would say that is wrong. No. though. in another Sorry? context, if you hadn't such reverence for this character, you would say he plays it wrong. Yeah, normally I think definitely. That's how you but would but, but on the other hand, you can't really say that someone in Maiden is playing wrong because they're doing. They are the ones that make up the Iron Maiden that we're talking about. Yeah, so, so, yeah, yeah, so no, I do agree. I do agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I think I think that yeah, because if anyone has license to tweak it, it's them. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is oh yeah, for first. sure. I like when, when, I like tweakings. Yeah. <laughs> I like to remember that it's it's one uh, it's a favorite of Nico's this song. Oh. But yeah, I think yeah. Oh, okay. it sounds familiar when yeah. you say it. Um, but we have have to ask uh, Luis Mariano Rodriguez. Yeah, we have to. about for a source. I don't yeah. have a source. The detailed discography of the beast, which is not a discography, but it's very detailed. <laughs> it's, it's a it's a it's Usually only it's only details. It's very detailed. Yeah, <laughs> details, <laughs> details of, the beast. of yeah. the beast. But yeah, this <laughs> this, uh, this song yeah. uh, it was a long time ago. I mentioned that next week. Mm. I mentioned that it was set for a long time to do Prodigal Son, which is next week, mm. and Prisoner this week. So it became a bit of my summer hit, not knowing that it would appear in the set list. Mm. So it appeared like something that was almost like uh, made sense in my personal Iron Maiden made up journey. Mm. That has nothing to do with our maiden. They never asked me anything. But okay. it did feel like that. Like, oh, wow, cool. Surprise, but it makes sense mm. to me. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I felt that um, it was a very welcome surprise. That, that was one of, my, one of my highlights from the, from the, from the gig I saw. Very cool. Uh, one of the few songs yeah. from the 80s, not being from Summer in Time. Yeah. But mm. I also felt it, it worked. It, it fit very well. Vibe, vibe sort of in the same kind of vibe as some of the other songs from different eras. I think it felt at home amongst those other well, that's also why i asked about the sci-fi thing because clearly yeah, it's I mean, sure, brought yeah. in into a futurist 
the time travel set list mm, together yeah. with Time Machine and together yeah. with the I mean, other it, songs. it's funny because you you have you have you have this, which is you know, it has a, roots in an old BBC. It's BBC, right? It's got yeah. BBC. And then no, you have the Time Machine, which so. is it ITV? Yeah, I think it's ITV. Okay. It's not BBC. Uh, well, an old mm. old British classic television <laughs> yes. show. It's not as the fun Br- anymore. The Burger King. Not but, the McDonald's. But then you, because then you also have Time Machine, which a lot of people think. If you look at the lyrics, I mean, people think a lot of people say it's H.G. Wells. Uh, me and uh, Melissa has been on the show quite a bit, and okay. we'll be again. Sort of think, no, oh, this this is Doctor Who. This has this, is, this seems like more based on Doctor Who than mm-hmm. the Time Machine. That's also a very big, interesting. Yeah, well, uh, she'll people. be back soon. We can talk a little bit about that. Yeah. yeah. So so that's so interesting. I think that's kind of fun. But I felt the song worked very well with the other songs, and for me that was that was definitely one of my highlights in the Dublin gig I saw. Mm. Uh, that was, uh, it was it sounded amazing. Cool and energetic, and it was a bit of an Adrian heavy set. And of mm. course, we get his vocals there in the um, chorus. Yeah. Speaking of the song working very well, would it have worked well as a single? Because apparently to Luis Mariano mm. Rodriguez again, mm. uh, and, I, and I've been trying to find out where his source is for this, but it was actually planned to be a single for the Beast of a Hammersmith video if it would have been released back oh, in the day. Yeah. That would have been cool to have it as a live single. Yeah, as yeah, a live single. Exactly. Because it and can't really compete with Hills and Beast. No, of course not. But and it could have been a, a very cool live single and I did quite enjoy that version on the way over. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened that much to Hammersmith, or Beast over Hammersmith, but uh, checking that out on the way over, I felt this is a good version. It's a very good version. So mm-hmm. yeah. His, The singing is uh, pitchy, however. There's some well, like uh, he's very enthusiastic. I very think. enthusiastic, yeah. pitch wise. <laughs> yeah, uh, on the like uh, there's a couple like uh, this, this couple of syllables that happen uh, with two different set of words. Can't recall directly, but they are out there. Yeah, I think I thought it was uh, the, the first time I saw this live was um, in thirteen. Uh, no, it was uh, I didn't. I wasn't. I missed that one. That's one of the few ones I've missed. But the first time I saw it would have been in, Bruce Solo. Uh, yeah, two thousand two, when he was. Mm-hmm. In. That's very good. With one guitarist, right? No, no, they, they, two they, they, okay. they had uh, mm-hmm. Pete Friesen and Alex, Alex Dixon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Initially, when they announced the tour, they made it sound like it was going to be the. Uh, maybe they just assumed that, but they, they announced that it was going to be the. Um, uh, it was going to be Adrian, Adrian and, and Roy Z. I don't, I don't know what that was based on. Uh-huh. That's that's what initially when they when they I I read that several places at least, but that that didn't end up happening. Okay. Mm. I don't re- I don't remember any. Thing mentioned about who's, who was going to be in the band, but then again, we got our information from totally different sources. So, mm-hmm. no, I mean, I mean, so, I mean, so I think I think probably what happened was I um, I read that in like it was announced in some paper somewhere this was happening, in some magazine, and I guess they assumed because they were they were they were in the latest solo. I guess they assumed that was happening, and it, and it became sort of news. I mean, to be fair, they didn't like oh, and by the way, Roy Z's coming. It was more and his fellow Iron Maiden okay. uh, bandmate mm-hmm. Smith, you know. Just assuming that'd be the case, uh, but that didn't happen, obviously. I, I think that was more assuming, actually. Cause, yeah, yeah. Because uh, when, when Bruce planned the tour for the best, the the first, the first one he talked to was Chris Dale, yeah. and so Chris Dale was more or less it, putting the band yeah, together. Yeah, he put yeah. the band together. No, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean this seems like because otherwise, 
why, why would um, if if it was if it was the way the paper reported again, I, this might have been just one thing I read, and then just assume that was true. Because um, so if, let's say Adrian dropped out mm-hmm. for some reason. If if according to what was this could have been like Sweden Rock Magazine or some shit like that, and well, then why would both of them disappear all of a sudden? Mm, no, unless that never was the case to begin with. Yeah, maybe I'm so. curious to see who's going to bring along this. Uh, well, probably probably it's going to be Roy, the Mandrake Project. Yeah. I don't know who's uh, going to be. I, I, I guess, that, I guess uh, the bass player woman from the John Lord. Yeah, that's concerts. what I've heard, and I ran yeah. it by these guys, and they were very skeptical. But Metal, Metal Pilgrim thought it would be her, and it would be Adrian. And I don't know where Adrian comes into the picture, but or yeah, why he would. But I couldn't like defend yeah. either there no no and, and yeah. i don't know he might two he, theories he might know things that i don't so i'm not going to say much more. i mean keep, I, keep it running i'm going to talk about the prison break but i yeah. keep it running though yeah, okay, we'll keep talking about, yeah good because I, i've been wanting to talk about this and I hadn't, yes. the, the, the cats weren't really giving me much response when i try to discuss it with them <laughs> um so um no but i think that i think that probably i uh when, when i found out about the this thing the mandrake uh project initially i wrote it off like well, this can't be this can't be Mm-hmm. It, just, it was someone on Twitter and someone was, it seemed like a kind of iffy account then within like an hour or so it turned out this was true and in, in the, from finding it out finding out what it was called to the, the uh, that, that was around 7 on Thursday I guess 7 something and I finished at 8 so during that hour I'll say I'll say that I didn't like the title initially at all but it warmed on me quite a bit and I didn't like the album cover at all I still haven't really warmed on I don't know if that is the album cover I don't think so I hope not because that's no. not really that's I not hope p- it's only a problem yeah. But I think that I think it's, I'm interested to see what they what's what's, what's going to be the. It'd be cool because I mean if it's South America, then you know maybe it is Roy. Doing that. When they when they did when he did the uh, Trebuzi stuff, he was on guitar for that. Mm. Well, he recorded the album with Roy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I mean, but he's done very that. little touring with Roy. So yeah. I think that I think also from what I gather, and this is just. A, Part of it was, uh, I think, hasn't Roy had some health problems for the years, and that's sort of been part of it, I think? That's sort of why he hasn't really... Uh, well, uh, Bruce said so, yeah. but... Uh, I don't know if that's... Sometimes Bruce says things. Yeah. You say things. <laughs> that should be the title of his... Bruce his says spoken things. Words. Sometimes he says things. Yeah. yeah. Of his, that's his next biography, yeah. quote-unquote. stands and laughs Rolls his I was really hoping that the announcement was going to come with at least a, at least one single. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, they had this weird kind of digital best. What was it? Tears of the Dragon? Yeah, they called Tears of the Dragon, and there was new yeah. artwork, wasn't it? Though. Yeah. No, it was it was the the artwork from the box set, but in some kind of. You also launched. Um, thing. I mean, he's probably they, they they updated his Spotify picture because now it's the 
that one. No. Yes. And uh, yeah, Tears of the Dragon is red. There's no. It's only thick songs. Mm. So I don't know what with the skunk work song. Yeah. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah, so, cool. yeah. So I don't. I, I mean, don't... he's not. He, I don't think he's. I mean, I. I, I don't know. It may. It, in my. In my sort of. I, I talked to a lot of people who really like that album. So I was thinking maybe maybe we'll get some of that stuff on the store. But also maybe. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just hang out with the right people, I guess, because I have no idea what the general opinion is on that. I think that it obviously wasn't huge, or they... No, but I th- I also think that, I mean, Bruce knows that he has an audience for everything he has done, and that's going to be... If he's going to be putting a set together, yeah. he can make a set that works, and I think Skunkworks material works very well with later heavy stuff that he's done, yeah. more so than Tattooed Millionaire would. Mm. And yeah. I'm sure he will be playing Tattooed Millionaire, so... Tattooed Millionaire he'll do, but he probably won't do, like... You're not gonna get like licking the gun, book of the L, and then like fucking let's do, let's do some let's do some Zulu, Road. Zulu yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Be good. No. But, but but like, uh, what's the last track? Is no lies. No lies. That'd work if some that would work. It would be fantastic to hear that one. But yeah. uh, but maybe not like you know. Let's do the uh, yeah, licking the guns. Not gonna, yeah. gonna, <laughs> is not uh, not what we want here. Well, I don't know. It'd be fun to hear because I haven't heard it. That's the thing. But you know, that's like the same thing with. I would love to hear the apparition with Armin just because I haven't heard. It. I would like it if Bruce on a solo tour. Like, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna do the apparition. <laughs> well, it seems like after we've done the main run of this, there's yeah. gonna be quite a bit of Bruce Dickinson happening. Now, let's see if we get these guys on board. You have to do Heavily if you're involved. doing Bruce if you're doing Bruce Dickinson, you can't do it without me. I don't I, think so. I also without either of you because you were heavily involved. Yes. And uh, it seems to make sense. Bordering abuse. I'm going to We're not gonna do it alphabetically. No, and we're not analphabetically. And we're analphabetically, it's better, yeah. yes. And, uh, <laughs> and we're never, ever again, I can speak for both of us, we're never, ever again going to promise this much. No, I mean, I... Because I, I, <laughs> this, this, has been, this has been haunting <laughs> me at times. Like, I promised right. to do the entirety <laughs> of the Iron Maiden discography, song by song, properly, and kind of also up, up to the threshold I, as I, we've I, done it. Like, I want to... Like, I, 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 I I, I want to be just sort of tease yeah. uh, something and not really pay off for this. Won't come for like a year or two, probably okay. a year. But I pitched an idea to you and Fergal that I want to do. Remember the? I liked it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the thing is, that probably in theory could be more than this. Yeah, but it seemed more. Uh, as as far as I remember, it yeah. seemed more maybe more vague. Like we could tackle it from more different directions. There's ways to do it. It's but quite clear what we promised with Made Nate to Z. Yeah, yeah. And it's the, been haunting me at times. Yeah, so yeah the, 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 we have a very specific. Uh, path we have to walk. This other thing's gonna be very different, but yes, still, it, it's yes. gonna be a lot either way. But anyway, I'll go to the bathroom now. Yes, enjoy, enjoy. Mm-hmm. Where are we in the song in the prisoner? We talked yeah, a lot. We, we, a lot we've only music. been pro- talking about a lot Bruce of concept, crap. right? Yeah, a lot of concept. But, uh, actually, you talked about the way you first heard a song live and so on. And uh, me being an impressive guy, I heard it in the eighties. Hello, come on, well, mm-hmm. isn't impressive. that really cool? What? It is quite impressive. <laughs> it's quite, yeah, it's quite impressive. <laughs> More than just promising. But but there, there is a, f- a funny thing about that version because I it was my first Armin gig in Gothenburg in nineteen eighty eight. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. course they played it then because I heard it the first time in 13, which was a recreation. Yeah. Mm. And uh, the thing is that Nicker just missed the end the end of the song. He just kept playing. <laughs> oh. So they just. And they, he just blew it, mm. basically. It was how, how quite was funny. Again? Uh, but there, it's, it's the chorus that's repeating. And he is yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like do another chorus, just 
cater but, to him. Yeah, but the weird thing is that something similar happened in Ljubljana at the beginning of this tour. They were confused about how many times they were going to be doing the chorus. Ah. Uh, Bruce finished it, and the other ones seemed to, are we going to finish it or not? And they didn't, so he sort of like ad-libbed a bit at the end. episode we addressed the Nico and the stroke and all that mm. and I was to mention but I didn't get to mention that you guys actually had the most qualified guests I've seen in a long time you were talking about what could happen after a stroke mm. like half of his body and you were going by how the symbols moved yeah I recall mm. Just to I, I, just I, to show how impressive <laughs> your, your maiden analysis is you saw how the symbols moved yeah too little he just and you were guessing something very close yeah. to what then was confirmed reality. Yeah. Mm. But you did. You, did. You, you don't really th- think it. I didn't really think it was a stroke, but I thought he was a shoulder injury or Some something. Because kind of, he was so powerless on yeah. his right, right arm. You didn't mention like, um, could be arthritis. You know, I don't know. Arthritis, arthritis is or, common yeah, among musicians like, like yeah, musicians. Yeah. yeah and you, but you did mention like a half paralyzed half body yeah. or something yeah. along those lines, yeah. which is what happens. Exactly. Or maybe it did happen uh, in this case. And mm. of course we did the, the feature with John Gaffney. He also made a pre-disclaimer saying that we did this before. We had the news. Yeah. Mm. Again, talking about Nico. Yeah. And we talked about it with Ben. And it's it's pretty hard not to be impressed by someone I going think that's on tour a, 10 weeks after a stroke. It's a fantastic at the comeback. Yeah. yeah. It's... That's impressive. Sorry, Matthias. And but it, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> but it's <laughs> truly so, impressive. 10 weeks It is impressive. after a stroke. 70 years old. <laughs> Come on! It's it's insane, but it's also insane. It's like, did he really have to put himself into that position? Yeah, really? Yeah. I haven't released that bit, so you haven't heard it, the discussion with Ben. But what I said was that it's very much, uh, it's very true to do it like that. That you have the possibility of pulling in someone like Joe Lassers, mm. but you don't. No, you play with Nico if impaired. that would ever happen. Yeah, mm. Nico impaired. You yeah. do that. It's very true. Uh, for me, it's very like it. It, it makes um, it's a stop stamp of authenticity in yeah. a way. Yeah, to do it that way. Yeah. It's 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 cool. Mm. I I can't say much more. Like I'm I'm quite impressed by mm. by even you know that way of doing it. And of course, good that they didn't say it ahead of time, because again, ninety percent of the crowd wouldn't hear the differences. I'm sure there would be a lot of people who said, ooh, he's not going to be able to play. This is crap, you know. But yeah, and they would listen hearing to it the wrong afterward, way. Hearing it afterwards, they're going to say, I mean, that's our reaction. Mm. It's fan- fantastic that he was able to do it. Yeah, mm. but you guys were really close on the analysis there. Yeah, but unfortunately. Unfortunately, unfortunately yeah. yes. Yeah, you, none of you were hoping for it. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. But that was the case. And uh, I mean, yeah, pretty dead on. Mm. Most, most guys were thinking, oh, he's old. But yeah, but he is. He is old, but I, I, I can probably guess what you're discussing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but if you listen to stuff, like I remember thinking, well, something's happening because I was listening to like, the trooper from when we saw them together back in, in Lillevi, and then the stuff from you, like, that, yes, he's old. 
that, that is but yeah but, but that's a really quick change yeah i was um, just giving these two guys the credit for a very near reality analysis of what it was about yeah i haven't heard i didn't hear anyone else during those days be that close mm. to it so we're dealing with made in stockholm here we're dealing with uh, uh there, there, the there's, professionals. there's one guy i'm not you know what i'm not going to say that because what he's well uh, I mean, I knew, I knew, no, I'd better just stay away from this, but I heard something else as well that, that didn't turn out to be true, but it did turn out to be someone else that we know had a, apparently had an inside source that it was some sort of disease situation going on, but I think he said it was something more uh, chronic. This is obviously very different. So mm-hmm. they were kind of right, but not really that right. Sounds like a bit of a clownish inside source then. <laughs> sure. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's, I don't know why I said that. I, I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I don't know. So on the prisoner anyway. Yeah. Should we, we we kind of went on um, talking about the concept, right? Mm-hmm. And about the series. And the lyrics not really relating to it. So maybe we should not talk about much. the lyrics a little bit then. At least uh, f- pretty far from Back in the Village, the song Back in the Village, which is heavily yeah. mm-hmm. referring to the TV series. Some cool lyrics here that I liked as a kid. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I think I will do most of these episodes uh, remembering and being 12 or 13 because it's fun. And I remember loving like a run rings around you. Yeah. And uh, uh, I kill to eat. And uh, you know, it's tough. Mm. <laughs> it's just claiming like I have to do all this shit, and it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like that a lot as a kid. I think these lyrics, to be honest, I don't know if it speaks for me not having matured or being very mature back then, but they haven't really <laughs> changed to me. Like they, I had the exact same feeling hearing them then as now. Like I could see the same visuals in front of me with this, with this prisoner. But back then there was no sci-fi element, no Patrick McGowan element. It was just a prisoner. But he was, you know, killing to eat. And if I kill you, it's vengeance. Mm. If you kill me, it's self-defense. Mm. To me, quite good lyrics in this song. I, I like them quite a bit. Uh, they might be effective in a very metal way. And I just... Yeah, that's what I mean. Got, got a kind of... <laughs> exactly I, 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 mean. I just had this realization now that that we were talking i think of recording about ronnie james dio and his lyrics are always very it's just imagery of stuff going on there's never really a, a story to anything yeah, like the original metal imagery you know yeah yeah and i mean this one has it as well and i also think that bruce's delivery is a bit dio-ish in places i mean to me it's gonna be tough you know yeah. it's it's that yeah. declamatory that's not the old Arthur Brown declamatory yeah, thing. Absolutely. It's more of the the more of the, the moon is yeah. the sun. Yeah. I would even have guessed that it could have been like something that Paul did before, but I know that Bruce was involved, yeah. and so it clearly mm. wasn't. But Twenty Two Acacia Avenue, for example, I always felt like that could be Paul. Mm. Everybody stops and turns to stare at you. Mm. <laughs> it screams Paul. Yeah. But this song, in a way, did too. It's up tempo and all that. Mm. Um, but I mean, again, uh, evidence speaks the other direction. It's a Bruce type song, but would he do this today in this way? Probably not. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's pretty fierce. Yeah, you mean in, in terms of energy the, in this? Yeah, and yeah. the projection. Yeah, I don't uh, know. That's a good question. I quite like, I think it's a good example of early Bruce. Yeah. In, in this it song.
felt that it has similarities with stuff going on in Samson lyrics, and, and, and that's where he came from before this. The lyrics he wrote for Samson was more or, more, more or less a, yeah. him, him trying to emulate Ian Gillen in storytelling and stuff like that, so, mm. and, and honing his trade. So. I just love the delivery, you know. Yeah. Ron, I'm going to stop. Absolutely. Please. It's going to be tough. Mm. And, uh, now you see me. me. Now, now you don't. Could I your mom? And mm. <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, it's one of my favorite Bruce uh, vocals mm. and delivers. For, for me, it was also, it was just uh, hearing, hearing it this past summer live was a big deal. That, you know, I got, you know, there's, there's certain bits you, you're not going to, the, the, there's certain songs I was looking forward to. And there's just the ones, because this point I knew the set list, but I didn't know that this was going to be one that mm-hmm. I really, that, that really got me in the same way. Because other ones I was pretty sure, this is going to be cool. I know this is going to be cool. This one I didn't this was know. A big surprise. Yeah, I didn't know, but I didn't know this was. I knew this was coming because I, I I knew this up at that point. But I didn't know this was going to be one like like oh my god like you, like sometimes you, you you hear something, you can hear something for like the hundredth or you know five hundredth time, and that time particular for some reason whatever reason, it grabs you more than. Other and times. I mentioned mm. it on Maiden Pod, and when I saw them in Tampere, not knowing the set list, I only registered okay they're playing the prisoner, mm. and then I kind of lost it. I was a bit front row, and you know the sound up yeah. there is not the best. So I noticed they played it. I was happy, but it didn't reach me. Mm. And then in, in Krakow, a gig that I shared with you guys, yeah. um, it really, wow, then it really worked for mm. me. Mm. And it was really a cool version, probably better than the 13 version, even with Nico's slight impairment. Um, but uh, I'm not sure if it was better, but it was, it was really good. It was um, a standout number, I think, in that crack. It was. I, I was very surprised that the other 80s, I mean, and I the think the Polish and people made a circle pit as well. There was a circle pit going on for that song, which is, is you know, maybe not fitting, but pretty cool. That was something that surprised that's me. Very old school. <laughs> yeah, it has a bit of a punk flavor to it. That's right? something that surprised it surprised me in, in in Dublin because you got more of that, way more of that, and you get there was. Okay. I, mean, I don't know. There was a circle pit, but there was definitely more, way more rowdy than than. So I'd imagine get, they would sing a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. But also, but just we that, do too. I think. Yeah, but I think that this is sort of we're pretty we're pretty laid back crowd compared to the the Dublin crowd. I'll say, from what I could see. Yeah, and more active than the Finnish crowd, which is super laid back and super respectful to a point where it gets scary. <laughs> but nice, Henrik. Do you know anything of this song on the guitar? No, but I can emulate play it half fast if you emulate, like. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Why, why would I? Or why, why? Why wouldn't you? I don't know. I think it's in B, ma- B minor, yeah. major-ish. Yeah, B minor, I think. And it was mentioned by Paul Akayo. You remember Loneliness and uh, Lightning Strikes Twice. Mm-hmm. We did, and he was uh, like an auxiliary member because the schedules didn't fit. Yeah, California. He, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's been California. on later. California. <laughs> <laughs> He's been on later doing um, No More Lies with us. Yeah. Um, quite a favorite episode, actually. Yeah. And uh, he mentioned this is one of the few songs in B minor when we did Lightning. Yeah. And this was another of his examples. But it also deviates from just minor, right? There's a little bit of major in there in the chords. Isn't it? I would, I would say... I wouldn't say it's in B major, but it has the... It's Almost the, like it could the, be B, B, the e major B, B ambiguous in the end, including all the parts. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, to me, it's a, it's a modal song. It's rock music. It's modal. It's not it's not harmonic in the sense of being in major or minor, really. Well, so. well said. I'll use that later. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was really well said. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, the intro clearly goes in between the, the, the minor seventh and uh, the tonic power chords. Yeah, I mean, da-ga-da-ga-da. The, yeah, the intro is is in is a, to, a to- da-ga-da-ga-da. Yeah. third exactly. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and it's a um, super basic riff. It is. It's a very effective. One yeah, of the most say. basic riffs I've ever heard. Da-ga-da-ga-da. But again, like just the pacing of it. Mm. No, it's a really good one because of the the, the phrasing of the riff. I think is really good. And also, yeah. I mean, when it comes to basicness, I think the Revelations riff is the most basic one. It's Iron Maiden totally, but it's a lot more effective than all the songs that has that bass line. I think so. I don't know how it works. But do you think the prisoner actually sounds like something else? Does it sound like uh, you can hear the purple influence or you could hear, hear no, 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 no. It, it doesn't really sound like anything else. It sounds very 82. It's very, here we are now with metal. This is what it sounds like. This is state of the art. This is the, the evolution has, boom, here we yeah. are. Yeah. Sounds like this is state of the art. This is the the evolution has. Boom, here we are. I think that's a very good point because it has it has the as you say it's not it's not really major or minor. It's... Yeah, but then you have murders in the room. Org also has this kind of thing. Oh. It's it's got the the, so, the, mixoli, the, yeah. the, um, the blue scaly riffs going on all the time. Yeah. And also the uh, the, the uh, major subharmonic, yeah, in the same in, yes. in the same way. And, and so these, they don't sound like any blueprint or any pre-existing. Maybe a bit Judas Priest-ish around eighty eight one. Maybe not even. Maybe you. I'm just throwing it out. Yeah, I'm struggling to come up yeah. with one, but it's not. It's not a good. It, no, sorry, it's, it's not a bad. Suggestion, but I'm trying to come up with which one it would be. What about UFO or Schenker? But it's anything? not. It's not. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, not it's, really, it's, right? It doesn't sound Tipton. It doesn't sound. I don't know. No, it's it's pretty unique. What which is interesting is a great point for you to bring up because it sounds unique and rare, yeah. but it also sounds pretty standard. Yeah, playing your heat pop, right? Yes, and I think leading for the art. Yeah, I think one of the more interesting things here is that. Okay, Adrian Smith does this. Okay, and he has this finger-tapping lead thing going on in the middle. Is it tapping or just hammer on pull-up? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's tapping, right? Ba-da, ba-da, yeah. ba-da, ba-da, tapping. That's a good one. Is I, it? No, I've, I don't think it's tapping. I think it's actually just pull-offs. Because every time yeah. I've uh, made a feeble attempts to, to, when I was a kid, learn that, it had no, no tapping. It was just the pull-offs and stuff. I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to think it? of... Uh, made in England because I know it by heart and I don't yeah that's him do probably where I noticed it too and often with him it's just like oh okay it's not tapping it's actually just a stretched left hand yeah, yeah. it's it's because he has to lose beast, uh, if he wants to so so that can anchor me back to what I keep trying to anchor to is me I'm 12 I'm 13 and I've mentioned that in the Birch episode but I can mention again because it makes me feel good now what's the Birch episode called oh the Martin Birch summer special okay 2023! But anyway, I, I said that it's the coolest I had ever heard an electric guitar sound. Yeah. Uh, was the and it's still to this day pretty much the coolest I've ever heard an electric guitar sound. 
and that goes also for the tap that's tapping in in uh, children of the damned that's definitely tapping and it's just like to me it's not been surpassed i think it's just like if i when i started playing that was what i was hoping to ever be able to sound like because it was so cool so in a weird way what i was trying to get at but got it wrong uh-huh. <laughs> but you still say there is tapping on uh, number of the beast on the album is that this guy adrian smith one and a half year prior to recording this was the lead singer and rhythm guitar player in his band when he was just an urchin <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah or broadway brats i think was the band yeah he was in. <laughs> broadway brats. Yeah, what? What crap name but there you what? go broadway but i mean wh- what a skyrocket sort of trajectory yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's insane it's insane. No, but that 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 uh the, the bit here, the sort of pull off bit in the uh, isn't it the coolest an electric guitar yeah, can sound? Yeah, that, you're you're 100 percent right. Yeah, there. that that is very um, yeah. I remember when I was also hearing. I don't know. I was around the same age. I guess somewhere around there. Probably yeah. A little bit older maybe. But and, and it was like yeah. That also was a bit of a like like a revelation. In the sense like oh my god, you can do that. How do you do that? And I wanted to learn how to do that. Yeah. That's. Yeah. No, it's nice that you agree because I, I'm not saying it for effect. I'm saying it for fact. Mm. Like that's about as cool as it can sound. The instrument, to me anyway. Yeah, I mean, mm. it's it's with really... the pauses, ta ka ta on the snare and everything, is like I haven't matured a bit from hearing but, it the first time. But it's a good composition. Really. It's a good composition. Mm. It uses thematic stuff and it varies it. The dynamics and the rhythmics mm. and all stuff. It's. I think it's a good. A very effective and very good sort of segue into the guitar solo part. So. And the song is entertaining, isn't it? Yeah. It's quite entertaining, like I addressed before, run rings around you, mm. run, maybe stop, mm. Exactly. it's going to be tough. It's like, that's something I heard echo a bit in uh, ASSI, with the rolling, turning, mm. diving. Possibly. Mm. That is just like a pre-chorus that is very much about the actions happening, the physical yeah, yeah, yeah. actions. Mm. And it's, it's an action song. Yeah. In a way, yeah, it is. It is an action song. It's not a psychedelic sci-fi drama. It's an action tune. This one, and it's another thing that's kind of weird about it is the 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 drum part in the in the not tapping. Yeah, with segment. the drum happening. Yeah, yeah he's, he's doing the tom. Yeah, which is a very weird thing. Throwing to do. in the tom like as a hi hat almost. Yeah, on a hi hat beat. I don't know if that's a again. We, I mentioned this on the drum episode that Clive's playing. If he if he's not sure about what he's going to be doing, he's playing safe, and it feels like he's playing something that he wasn't really sure about, but he did it. Yeah, and I mean, this is a song they did actually play it at the Ruskin, didn't they, in '81? I think they did. I think this was one of the songs they did. This uh, one, "Hello Be Hello Be the name. name," "Children of the Damned." I think. Huh. Yeah, which is which Luis is... Mariano Rodriguez. Don't kill us. Yeah, <laughs> but we have not checked the facts here. Yeah, <laughs> but he but, is the facts. Yeah, but I mean, it's um, so it was. It had been played more than just rehearsed for the studio recording. They had played it live as well because this gig must have been before they went into. Re- no, they were into the recording when they did the gig, weren't they? Mm. They did re- start recording it in December eighty one. Yeah. yeah, and the gig was on the twenty third. So. As far as being celebrated as a live tune, it's been celebrated a fair bit, I guess you could say. This tour, the Number of the Beast tour, obviously, and then also on the Made in England tour, Seven Sun, Seven Tour of a Seven Tour. Mm-hmm. And then maybe not again until 13, though. Uh, did they play 2005? 
Nope. No. Wrong. Mm. Weirdly enough, actually. 13, and then, yeah, this tour, this mm. year. So, okay, maybe not that celebrated, but I've ran into it a couple of times mm. over my years as a Maiden fan, and I think Bruce changed a bit of the melody this year in a, in a way that I liked mm. in the verses. Could we reach one of those versions? I didn't think about it. I think, I think that um, yeah, it, it's not celebrated as I feel it should be, but I think we've also discussed in this pod a lot of times songs that get very celebrated and become like live staples it just well they happen to play that song enough and that became because they're quality wise there's a lot of you know some of the bigger like there's two minutes to midnight there's tons of songs that we discussed that, that we that we like more but would, would it probably easily become that big a deal Die with your boots on is one of those sure, yeah yeah that could have been yeah. def that's definitely one that's that you know, not even better but had that just been played more that would have been information, information. Wait, uh, sorry we're listening to a 2023 version this is uh, the 4th of June, which gig were you at? 3rd, but doesn't matter. 4th is, fourth is fine in the verse, so we could just listen. I'll cut it if we have to, but it's not going to waste a lot of our time. Yes. Toodaloo? Toodaloo. Who is number one? You are number six. That's what I thought the cut was. It wasn't there. It was previously. This is not long after the stroke. This is so cool. the vocal melody, which I think he changed, I think, in a good way. Let's see what you guys think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different, right? Yeah. I like yeah, that. Yeah, no, my feet. Question for you. The Adrian Harmony. Mm -hmm. It's not the same necessarily as the recorded harmony, right? Nope. In, on the recording, it's always Bruce doing the vocal. Yes. And different harmony, right? Typically, it would be anyway. I think so. And I think there are more harmonies. Isn't Steve doing any harmonies here? In, in the chorus, yeah. yeah. So you can listen to the verse. These guys already confirmed it's a changed melody, mm -hmm. but what about it? It's in this line. Okay, that was a different no. one again. Let's see if we that one. He's singing a lot more than yeah. he does on the studio version. Yeah, I quite like it actually. Yeah, it, I think it's, it's very musical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I call out the name. Yeah, yeah. I guess we could pause it. Yeah. So it's cool. Yeah, Bruce is going by feel. Yeah, and he's. It sounds even more like the song, yeah. <laughs> in a way. Yeah, I, 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 I like that. I like that very much. Yeah. 
they are good at being Iron Maiden. Yes. They are, they, yeah. I said, off mic. Off mic. Yeah. They are good at being Iron Maiden. Mm. What else? Lyric-wise, did we touch upon what we should touch upon? I think I think that it's... I think uh, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And musically, uh, Henrik, you want to play some guitar? Not necessarily, but... If, if you, you're not you... hugely objecting to playing a bit of guitar. No, but I don't know what I'm going to be playing. Because I'm... Maybe like the verse riff or something to just get a feel of that. <laughs> Do you know it? I, if you don't know it, I'll cut this out. We already heard it. I don't know why I keep putting my... Back in the or the, actually the chorus riff. I'm a free man and my blood is my own night. <laughs> okay, it's different. You were going to cut this out, weren't you? <laughs> It's, it's a bit different. It's a bit different, I guess. Adrian, tribute to Adrian, credit to Adrian, I guess. Yeah, but definitely. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it is in major since it does the C, the C sharp minor. Yeah. So, okay. In short, not very typical. No, no, no. But but like you said before, if they had played this song through the eighties, if it's been on Live After Death, mm. it would have been a staple. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. this is as much of a hit. As the trooper, or definitely two minutes to midnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a lot, a lot of these songs. These sort of these these deeper cuts that we figure that that haven't really gotten there. You know, they're, they're perhaps the, the amount of uh, time in the spotlight they should have or not as big as they should have. I think the only difference is the ones that were played and the ones that weren't played. Because a lot of times, quality wise, there's nothing. There's no difference. Really, some of this stuff is. I mean, we obviously for the trooper, perhaps you know, as good as that is, maybe. Everyone in this room probably has heard that quite a bit, and sort of maybe the, some of the novelty is slightly worn off. Whereas maybe something like this, it hasn't because you haven't heard it quite as often. Yeah, and I saw some of the bigger sides, maybe like Revolver or something like that, yeah. actually mentioning stuff that uh, Eric has mentioned, including Sun and Steel. If that would have been a single, yeah. it could have been a staple mm. because it has all the qualities of a single. Mm. Yeah, and um, maybe so does the Prisoner. I think uh, yeah. you mentioned before it being a prospect for a live single for. Um, Beast of a Hammersmith, of Hammersmith yeah. I think would have been a great choice. Yeah. I think it's a good performance of it. I haven't heard a bad performance of it, but I really like that one mm. with Clive on there. I, I, the only problem I have with the song is that when they repeat the chorus at the end, it gets a bit too long. Because the chorus, it's a ve- I think it must be the longest chorus in a, ma- in a Maiden tune. Yeah. And I think mm. when they do the double chorus at the end, it gets a bit too long. And Actually, I've been hell-bent on staying with my 12-year-old impression, and that was one of them. Yeah, definitely one of them. <laughs> I recall now that you say it that yeah. it was one of them. Like this is, this is a bit too much. Is mm. it a bit too much going on here? And that a bit might, too much repetition. That might explain why Nico forgot that <laughs> to, <laughs> to stop playing it. His his eighty eight version was ludicrous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's uh, and mm. I, maybe it's just an embarrassment of riches that if if a song like Sun and Steel or The Prisoner had been on another album, they would have been the obvious choices. But mm. now they're in this competition yeah. with so many really strong songs. It's yeah. like, yeah. Mm. A, bit yeah. Of a, reva- a bit of a vengeance for it this summer then, mm. being the only representative of this record. Mm. And probably this would have been the last time they've ever played this song live. More yeah, than likely. Could, mm. More yeah. than likely, I assume, yeah. Well, probably the last time will be in, I mean, they have a few gigs coming up, but this tour, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think so. Not many, like four in Canada and then Power Trip Festival. Yeah, I think. so I think mm. that was probably the last time a lot of these songs yeah, I I just know that one of the one one of the things on my so-called bucket list 
is that I want to go to Port Mayron where they recorded the TV series. Yeah. And I mean, we, me and Henrik had this discussion that places we have seen, people we have met, it so often comes down to Iron Maiden mm. because of, right. Maid, I mean, w- when I was a kid, I was so heavily into uh, ancient Egypt and everything about like Power Slave was my first major, yeah. the first one I hold, held in my yeah. hands. And uh, so it, my, my life has been so colored by Maiden yeah. in like, that yeah, sense. Like Ben would say, pretty much derailed my life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or ra- no, no, no. Pretty much derailed my life. I would say it railed my life. That means something else, I think, but fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, but it's uh, well. You should you should do that. You should go go there. Yeah, it's yeah. an actual place. It's a it's yeah. in 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 Wales. And what yeah. do you think about the backdrop they used for this song uh, this summer? Uh, they had a I, backdrop with uh, like a chessboard and yeah. And I I am actually I th- I, I think being at the first gig when we didn't really know what to expect. I I think I started looking at the wrong place of that backdrop when they started when they changed it for the song because I couldn't figure out what was going on. And then when the intro started, I noticed it immediately where yeah, that it course. was actually Port Marion yeah. scene. Well, that's pretty cool. And that's isn't cool. The, 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 the bicycle, the penny falling? Is it there? Yeah, I, I, I don't remember what's on. Ah, it's, yeah. it's that sort of like the, the city hall or whatever it is, that house yeah. is there, and the chessboard. Yeah. Is I, there a balloon? It could be. <laughs> Rover is somewhere. The balloon is called Rover. That's yeah. the one who retretrieves the people okay. who try to. Okay. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I had this feeling I never really liked Guns N' Roses much at all, but I had this feeling Kudos that they you. must have listened to this song. <laughs> it's one of the songs that I feel like they would have been inspired by. Uh, this one, I also murders in the rumor to a certain extent, just the way the chorus sounds to me, but it could just be the major hard rock. Uh, that is a thought I've never had or heard in my life, but it actually does, doesn't not make Total nonsense. Nice. <laughs> like, I see that as a compliment from Henry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My I, mind is blown right yeah, yeah. now. It, it happened once or twice, and I was like, I, yeah, I did it. I convinced Henry. That's going to go in the old uh, resume. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> no, it happened once or twice. Yeah. Well, I would say that the backdrops in regards to that. <laughs> it doesn't, it's not complete nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, but it's just I can hear that thing, yeah. especially with Murders in the Room or going to half time in the I'm chorus. I'm going home. You know. Yeah, and going to half time, like, like You're Crazy, the, the Guns yeah. Roses song. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Never been really into that band. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I have a discussion with Fergal, for example, about it. Singing uh, in the dead of the night. Night. Definitely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe more so Murders, but a bit this song too. Like, uh, yeah. Maybe it could happen, yeah. I'm there's a few the Guns N' Roses songs. Yeah, okay, of course. But, there's few, but they, that's the case. Almost everyone has a few songs. Yeah. This is not... Oh, no, I like Welcome to the Jungle. I think yeah, it's a I great song. It's, it's yeah, like my token song for a band I don't like. There's also, the, I feel that one... Yeah, that, that's a good song, but I also I feel I've heard that way... I've heard it's sort of overplayed. Uh, I sort of like Appetite for Destruction, but it's a pretty cool album, especially for the year of its release. Like, if you look back into, like, rock and roll history, it's pretty cool that they did that in 88. It was 88, 87. right? 87. 87 even. Mm-hmm. Even cooler. Cooler. I have to give that to them, right? Well, I, mean, I don't know. I had to buy it I from mean, them. If you compare so. Whitesnake 87, <laughs> if you compare Whitesnake 87 to Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction, mm-hmm. Appetite is uh, way more cool. 
move. Oh yeah, sure. It's that's... not as old, old guy. Yeah, exactly. It's mm. not as övervintrat. Overwintered. <laughs> yeah. No um, English word for that. No. Overwintered. Overwintered. Yeah, like you slept under a rock and you woke up and you're David Coverdale. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Something like that. David Coverdale <laughs> slept under a rock and he came out like, oh, darling. Do I have to apologize to David Coverdale after the Martin Birch episode? I think I, I think I made clear that I think he's a pretty impressive person. Yeah, overall good guy. Yeah. The, uh, could yeah. David Coverdale do the prisoner? I think so. Yeah, uh, but he could he do the aggressive parts though, like the run, the uh, fight. Maybe not as well as Dickinson. Oh, can't really he, hear it. No, it's very interesting. I mean, to try to, to do that kind yeah. of mind game, and it's. No, it's not working at all to me. No. Better than with Axel, actually. I think Axel would do it a lot better. I think so, yeah. Dio would do it. Dio might do it, definitely. Yeah. He could do most, not while he's most, dead, so, but, most uh, songs. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, dead. That's, that's, yeah. He's dead. <laughs> it's like he that Ozzy yeah. interview when they ask him about different people. It's like, Keith Moon, uh, dead. This <laughs> is his only comment on Keith Moon. How would Keith Moon sing it? Not well. Actually, okay. uh, he also said like, they asked him for the best 80s heavy metal band. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, uh, what? What did you ask me? Even though it was quite clear in that interview, it was like, what? Like, okay, the best metal band of this period. And it's like, well, then Ozzy Osbourne. Okay, but not replying your own band. I guess I should say Iron Maiden, mm -hmm. which I've never really heard him praise Maiden, but it was a very serious, a like, he was just seriously saying, like, yeah, Iron Maiden is probably the best. This was They had talks at home afterwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this was in 86. <laughs> and then, like, Van Halen, he praised as well. Yeah. Anyway, finishing The Prisoner. The Prisoner was one of the songs that Janet Gers had to learn for his audition. Oh, interesting. And this might was explain it why it was brought back in 1991 for the last gigs with No Prayer on the Road Tour. Mm. Was it? Yeah. Oh, that's news to me. Because I don't know if it was like only the summer gigs. It was on Roskilde, I know that, but because I have the bootleg, but I don't know if it was it on It wasn't the... on Roskilde, no. Yes, it was. I think it so. Was? No, there's nothing knowledgeable about 91 apart <laughs> from this thing. I thought it was, uh, they think, did it. I in, think the summer tour that it was like three gigs. Yeah, yeah what, was, was, like was it like Mil no, not Milton Keynes. It was, <laughs> that was in 1990. Now did. we're just guessing. He could, he could uh, he come with check. the facts. So, yeah, so I, uh, at the Roskilde gig in 91, they did indeed do The Prisoner. Yeah. They didn't do. They did. did. They did do. <laughs> they did do. <laughs> 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 do. Okay, that was towards the end, I guess, of that tour. Uh, I don't have that. All I did was I searched for Roskilde. They, they ended the tour earlier and then yeah. they got like three gigs mm. for the summer yeah. or something like that. And then usually they would change it up a little bit, the set list. About the harmonies, Bruce is saying them an octave higher than what Evelyn does. And the actual solo, of course. Yeah. Typical of that rocking tone he has on this record. Mm. I love it. Quite aggressive. Yeah. You do the harmony there. Yeah. David High. Tom still there. Yeah. Dave is not doing the, his his bit into the solo that he does in Donington 88, which is just a series of very out of tune bends. It just <laughs>
82, or mm. is it 81? 82. 82. It was really cool. Mm. And I also remember from the two gigs I saw now that he ended the solo with a little kind of uh, putting a contour around the majorness of the chorus. top 50 song hell yeah it is yes yeah has to be right yes. yeah it has to be strong number of number six number six and two number two is important as well right yeah but they keep changing who is number two yeah mm. who, but who is number one who's number one is that mm. the boss no that's the boss that's the boss the boss ah. we don't know or do we mm. i feel intrigued <laughs> to watch this because you guys, I, I want to, I want to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. nicely. Well, yeah. I, 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 I've seen the series twice, and I mm. think it's. Uh, yeah, I really like it. Where, where is this available? On a DVD <laughs> box set. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know if it's no, on. But is it, yeah, I but all right. I think there, there actually are episodes out on YouTube. But yeah, I think we can't can advertise that. Can I, I, I need the whole thing if I'm going to do it though. So I... the the thing is that uh, the uh, doing the research here because I tried to find mm. this very episode. The, the one that's on the uh, Number of the Beast album is from mm. what I would call the fourth episode. Okay. Free for All is the name of the episode. Mm. But apparently when they broadcasted it in, the, I think, in the USA or something, they changed the running order of the sh I mean, the first was the first and the last is, as you will know, mm. the, the last. But in between, they changed the running order of the, of the episodes, which is kind of strange. <laughs> But this is number four. Free for all is the name of okay. this one. Mm. So it's on the list. It is on the list. It's, it's on, on the list. list. It's on the list. So um, a bit of a rotation, maybe. Yeah. Round this off. Would you like to start? I can start, uh, and it's very easy because I've only been listening to Motorcycle for the past week, two weeks. Is that the, the talented Norwegian drummer? Yeah. yeah. Spider God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, he's not uh, in the band anymore, though. They had a Swedish drummer for a few albums called Patrik Jälmyr. And now I don't know who is drumming for them. But I'm going to see them in a few weeks. They play in Uppsala, Sweden. Mm. And they rarely play in Sweden at all. So I'm a bit... Uh, or actually, I'm really excited about it. Psyched up. Yeah. And they're the type of band... They're quite... Um, they're Norwegian. They started out as a sort of indie rock... Band, but they sort of derailed pretty early on, and they do all kinds of rock music. I haven't pop. really listened to them, so I, I I always like what I hear, but I haven't really. They have made so many this. albums. Mm. I mean, shitloads so shit of albums. They record shitloads of albums. That's true, albums. and I mean that. That's one of the things that is uh, a bit troublesome, if you ask me. 
because they they ma- have made so many songs, so many albums. But uh, when they're good, they're right up there. Okay. Motorcycle. I remember, I remember hearing early of them because they, they used yeah. to play in Norway regularly. I could recommend an album like The Tower from a few years ago. Kingdom Love is in the Tower. Kingdom of Oblivion is another recent one that's real good. bit uh, 70s Black Sabbath in a way that most bands aren't and with obviously with a great drummer with a great that's the, what I keep hearing all the drummers they've had three drummers that I know of and they've all been excellent yeah nice motorcycle I'm looking for my phone did I leave it in the box I want to see what I've been listening to or are you sitting on it I don't know I don't know I didn't. I didn't see one last time I was in the bathroom. Okay. Yeah, it was important. Yeah. Sorry, Yeah, it's quite often the case. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rotation. Yes, uh, Henrik. Uh, I've been actually getting my CD player working again, and the first thing I did was pop in a CD. That I thought, oh, do I have this one? That's nice. And that's the album Red Tides by the Swedish artist Promise and the Monster. And the mm, first, the first cut on that one is called "Slopes," and it's a fantastically depressing, happy song. Nice. Yeah. I don't know if I can describe it, but it's just great. Yeah, we'll play it back. Into the Besides a band called The Midnight, which I've talked quite a bit about on this pod before, so I don't know you got to put anything in there. But if you do, you can put on one, either The Equalizer or The Comeback Kid, both very good. Cool. Right, this has been lovely. Let's do this again sometime. <laughs> With that in mind, up the irons. And...
Jag kommer inte göra det. <laughs> Hej då! Skål från Drömmet. Just a mud. I know I just gon' come